welcome. Welcome, everyone, and Happy New Year. Today, we have another bonus episode for all of you. I'm going to interview Debbie Lundberg on scenting our intentions for 2021. Barb Zant here, media sales leader and founder of the lifestyle brand, The Stay at Work Mom. Happy New Year, Debbie. I am so excited to get started today. This is one of my favorite times of the year. Last year, we talked about our look back on 2020, and I was super happy to hear you say that 2020 doesn't have to be a feeder into 2021. It was quite a year for all of us, and you mentioned that we can either finish up our goals that we had set for ourselves and didn't finish or not. And that was enlightening for me. So as we are setting our goals, or as you like to say, accomplishments for the new year, what is the first thing that we can all do to set ourselves up for success? Well, Barb, you led beautifully into it is think of these as planned accomplishments. So if you take a goal and you add action, you have a planned accomplishment. Sometimes people say, like you ask somebody, oh, what was your biggest success of the year? And they say, oh, I won this award. And then you ask, what did you do to do it? And they said, oh, I had no idea. It was a surprise. Well, that's not a planned accomplishment. That's a wonderful experience. That's a nice recognition. So number one, think of it in terms of planned accomplishments. Number two, think of it separate, like you said, from 2020 or from 2022. And what I mean by that is, you're living, breathing, experiencing 2021. And while it can feel like there's a lot of energy or burden from the prior year, this, this is true for any year. You and I could be talking in 2024 and I'd say the same thing. And that is let this year be its own year. If you are doing three-year or five-year planning, that's strategic planning and that's different than planned accomplishment. And the third is to Celebrate your successes that you've had, that you planned. And you might think that sounds counterintuitive to what I just shared of it being separate. It's about having a really positive mindset. And if we had a bonus, since you like bonuses, the bonus would be to remove all of our the mindset of better, worse, less, more, and be very specific. Debbie, I love your positioning here and agree with all you just said. It's a clean slate for us. And that's why I always feel so excited going into January. And even the vocabulary that you use, it is so important for our mindset. I've heard you talk a lot about being productive, but also having fun. And for me, sometimes those are in conflict. So how can we ensure that we are adding joy or fun into our day, but being as productive as possible? That's that's fair, Barb, that some of us have a lot more fun doing what we're doing in the moment and, and others do not. And it doesn't mean that you're not a fun person or that you don't have the capacity for fun or joy. Let's talk a little bit about the difference in fun and joy. So fun is an experience that uplifts and and has this almost a giddiness to it that it's a it's a feeling it's an experience it's based in the people and the and the roles that you're each in and what happens to happen whether it was planned or not now joy can come from fun 
And joy can also come from remembering that can bring joy from looking at pictures. So we don't tend to have fun remembering or fun looking at pictures. We tend to find ourselves recounting experiences which may bring us to a place of joy. So it's not that the words can't be both used. It's that for everybody to think about what is it you want to get. And we tend to limit our vocabulary. And I've noticed that in the past year, some people are reading more, which is expanding their vocabulary. And some people are reading less and that limits our vocabulary. So one of the ideas here is if you're, if you wanna be productive, which hopefully everybody does, and you wanna have fun or joy or have enjoyment, define what that means for you first. And it could be a sentence or two, and it could solely be for you. So the productivity is based in these planned accomplishments that are measurable, related often to work, home, goals that you had in the past that now you're deciding are planned accomplishments from a strategy session. And the fun aspect could be your reward, or it could be that you bring some of that into your productivity time. For example, Barb, if you're conducting a, a sales meeting that you feel is all about productivity and hitting certain numbers, you could at the start ask someone, what's a fun and creative way that they've landed a client? Now, that's not necessarily the true definition that you might have as fun. It means you could set that as part of the work can be fun. You could also, after your sales meeting, change it from a two-hour meeting, say, to an hour and a half, and then have an open session for anybody sharing any fun or funny family experiences from the holidays. A lot of them were likely on Zoom or Teams. So that's what I mean by you can incorporate them differently. And I tend to have a lot of fun while I'm engaging in doing my work. I will tell you that I do not love doing the follow-up by myself, capturing everything from say a strategy session. I know it's really important. So I tend to do that and set myself up for something fun right after. Like, like one of uh, my favorite things to do is to play with our dogs. And that's little, but I, it's, it's almost like keeping that as that carrot out there for, for me in that case. And for others, it could be a latte or a walk around the block or anything else that, that is enjoyable. So I hear intentional. So make sure that you are planning for that when you are doing something that you know might not have a lot of joy in that for you. And giddiness, that, I love that word. <laughs> to me, you, you know, when you, you talk about separating the, the definition, it makes me think of memories. But yeah, what a, a wonderful feeling. And I've, I've heard you talk in the past and, and you use a lot of acronyms. Is that still what we should be doing, you know, with SMART goals? Are, are we still using those to, to frame our year? Is that a good way to plan our intentions? Well, yes, Barb, if people like that. So the, the idea of using SMART goals is certainly not something I created at all. So I, I, I appreciate your saying that. And I know you didn't say I created it. I want to I want to give credit where credit's due if I knew where it was due, it's been around for quite a while, specific, measurable, action-oriented, uh, results-oriented, and time-based. So uh, attainable, excuse me, attainable. I, see, now I'm changing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So what, if that works for you now, another one, another way to do it is to think about the accomplishment. So let's say it is contact or, or gain one new client every month. Let's just say, then it would be the action, which would be making so many phone calls or so many proposals and what you feel the result will yield. So now you think of accomplishment, action, yield, and that doesn't spell anything necessarily. But what that could do is if you said your goal was to have that one new client and the action you were going to take was very specific, not more phone calls, but 10 phone calls, seven visits and four proposals, that might not sound very exciting to people. But if you know what it yields, if you know what the numbers are, you may be a person who's very linear in how you want to set up those planned accomplishments. If you're more of a tangential thinker and a feeler, then you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to four events that appeal to me that seem like they're going to be community minded. There's nothing wrong with that because you still have something measurable. It's not about a client. It's, and so then when your actions are going to be to research every week what's on the community calendar and what's available to the public, and it will yield that sense of belonging to the community, that's still a measurable planned accomplishment. It's different though. So whether it's the SMART goals or the idea of what is the accomplishment action and yield, then whatever works for you. I love the action in everything that we're talking about today. It helps define it so it's not vague. And I love that the tangential, fabulous, fabulous word. All, all great things to help set us up, up that, you know, they, they are tangential. I love that. I am absolutely going to use that. That'll help me. Can you talk about habits and how they work together to help us with that action and hitting our goals? Yes. So at, habits can be well-serving or poor serve, poorly serving. And We've talked about that in the past. So a habit, we tend to think of it as some people say, well, I have a bad habit of X, biting their nails or not returning phone calls. And so when we frame the word bad around habit, we associate it negatively. So let's think of well-serving or not as well-serving. And if in thinking about habits, it's will this habit serve me well? And that is based on what you want to accomplish. So the habit forming, you could read all over the place. Some, some places say 21 days, some say 28, some say three months. And I do know that it's not going to be in less than three weeks. And habits are formed by repetition. And by repetition, we create a pattern. And then a, a pattern becomes a habit. So you think, what is your purpose? What is your action? Create repetition, create a pattern, create a habit. So if I have the habit of stopping and spending a lot of money every day on a coffee or a tea, that may be well-serving for me. Now, somebody else could say, this is a terrible idea, Debbie. If though I'm a person who spends that one hour drinking that coffee or tea and planning my day and it really is useful, that's an investment in my day. I'm not rationalizing that, 
I'm saying that the person who does that understands that he or she is spending that money in order to quote unquote, buy that time alone. And so there's a purpose and that habit could be well-serving. A person who's attempting to save for a home or save for some big purchase, that could be a not well-serving habit because over the course of the year, $25 a week, I'm not going to do the math right the second, but we know that we have 52 weeks in the year. So let's, let's say that we know that that's a good amount of money that somebody could save. So it's not about the activity that you're doing, whether or not that's a, a well-serving habit. It's about the impact the habit has on you. Somebody who runs could think it's a really good habit if they have a history of bad knees and hips, it could be a not well-serving habit. So let's be careful that we don't label something good or bad. It's how it serves the person. I loved how you framed the habits or, or patterns that we do in our days. I liked it. My little guy here, we talk about our automatics that we do each day and make sure that they're well-serving mm-hmm. for us. And as always, Debbie, such great insight and, you know, actionable tips that we can all implement immediately to get us set up for success in 2021 and beyond. Before we wrap up, is there any last insights that I haven't asked you about that we could do today as we are planning for 2021? Yes, it is set a personal and a professional goal to attain. So a planned accomplishment that you may call a goal because it's a daily And when you do that, if you have a longer term habit that you're attempting to form that's well serving, a planned accomplishment, a strategy that you're implementing, that by each day breaking that down incrementally, something personal and something professional, that's another way that you can get to the productivity as well as the fun or enjoyment or joy. I love that last tip, Debbie. You have had me working on that for quite a while. And it's one of the favorite things that I do that is my automatic that I do every day. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that with everyone. So we are wrapping up. Coming up next, you're not going to want to miss our interview with Ron O'Neill and then his follow-up episode that we did. We have other great guests lined up for you. You can follow both Debbie and myself on Instagram and Facebook at the Business of Life Masterclass, me on Instagram at the Stay at Work Mom, and Debbie Lundberg is Debbie Lundberg pretty much everywhere. If you liked what you heard, please download more or subscribe for future updates and future podcasts. Rate us five stars. We are committed to providing you with five-star guests and inspiration. We appreciate you spending time with us on the podcast for successful people embracing every chance to accomplish and experience all you can in business and in life. Listen, choose, do.